This is an amazing chapter. This is an amazing season for us. You think about what's going on in the lives of people um, right now. Families are starting to send their children off to be trusting to the buildings that we send them into. We have teachers. How many teachers do we have here? Or school administrators? Anybody works in the school? Anybody? Okay, a few, handful. God bless you. You are inheriting a bunch of little sheep pretty quickly. If you haven't already done it this week in some school districts, you're doing it tomorrow, and it is a big, big responsibility. There's a lot going on, and there are a lot of things that interest us when it involves our family or our children. We would like to know, what are the credentials of this school? What's the credentials of this coach? What is the what are the credentials of the people that's going to be taking care of our children? So what we're looking at here in Psalm 24 is where we find our hope, and that is in the credentials of God, the Father. So let's look at this text again. We see, we're going to look at um, God's resume, so to speak, his CV, his accomplishments, who he is. And as we begin this new season, this new calendar season, I want to encourage you families, you can meditate on Psalm 24, but tonight what would be good is you go home and just read Genesis chapter 1. And just to remember, God created it all. And that's what we see here in the first part. Verse 1, verse 2, the earth, everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundations on the seas and established it on the rivers. The earth, the earth, waters, oceans, deep, skies, atmosphere. I don't know if you were in awe of watching the Weather Channel over the last 48 hours, watching this circular motion of, it seems like, the entire sky circling over the border, the, the Gulf of Texas. Having lived for seven years in Port Lavaca, me and my family were keenly interested in what's going on there with our friends and family there, a church family there. The earth, the atmosphere, the sky, the mountains. How many of you have seen and been in awe of the mountains? And I'm not talking about that little hill when you go down 190 over to Colleen, that little, you know, that little bitty thing like, ooh, that's pretty cool. No, I'm talking about like mountain settings. I remember one time we were white water rafting in Nepal and we were in this river, the foot of the Himalayas. And I've been to the Rockies many times, but this was different. This was a different set of mountain ranges. The Rocky Mountains are amazing, but the Himalayas were a different type of amazing. And each time I'm just in awe. Whoa, I feel so small. That is the earth, all remnants of the earth, all parts that make up the earth, the mountain ranges, the grains of grass. Have you ever flown across the country and looked out your window and seen those acreage squares or circles all and just look for as long as you could see just plains and plains of grass? Think about the deserts that go kilometers, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. And as far as you could see and as far as you would ever, hopefully never have to walk, desert space all make up this earth. It says the earth and everything in it. The big fish that swallowed Jonah and the little fish 
that delivered the coin. It's all in the earth. It all dwells within the earth. The small creeks to the raging waters from giant wells to the very little bunny that I accidentally injured while, how can I say this, PG rated, uh, while I was caring for my lawn, how about that? And we picked up this bunny and my daughter's got tears and oh no, what's wrong with this bunny? What's happening with this bunny? She discovered the leg was broken, little bitty leg was broken on this bunny and she cried and she held it and we were like, what are we gonna do? And we basically watched this little bunny die little bunny from big fish to little bunnies all that inhabit the earth there is everything in it the world it says the earth and its inhabitants i mean the earth and everything in it the world and we know what this means the nations the continents the systems that run things the kingdoms those states, both in this country and states throughout the world, those schools, those school districts, those classrooms, the world, the things, the, the playgrounds, the sports fields, the courts. This means by the world and all of its inhabitants, which is those kings, those rulers, the politicians, the weathermen, the principals, the teachers, the police officers, the peers, the other students, the bullies, the earth and everything in it, the world and all of its inhabitants belong to the Lord. As a teacher, remember this. As a parent sending your kids out, remember this. Students, as you start new plans and new ventures this year remember this that everything that you're touching everything that you're entering everything that you're seeing and smelling and hearing belongs to not the principal not the teacher but to the lord now i advise you students when your teacher rebukes you you do not reply who do you think you are <laughs> it belongs to the lord i'm gonna do what i want no that's not we'll get to that in just a second but it all belongs to the Lord. This is how I want you to begin school. This is how I want us to begin the fall season, remembering, celebrating that the earth, everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to someone, the Lord, the Creator King. He is and would be the ultimate ally, right? He would be the one you would want on your side. I remember the first time I needed an ally. I was in the third grade, and my we had just moved to a new school, and my uh, a new town, a new house, and all that. I was in the third grade, and I was a little scared, and I realized pretty early on that there's this kid named Trace uh, who did not like me for some reason, to, and that would very much disappoint my mom to hear that there was a boy that didn't like me, but there was. There was probably several, but Trace was very vocal about not liking me, and and uh, we, at that season of our life, my mom was working, my dad was working, so I walked home to an empty house, had my little necklace with a key on it, had, was one of those kids, and, uh, and we walked through the neighborhood, and every day, Trace and his buddies on their bikes were waiting for me. And every day, I would get threatened. 
Today I'm waiting for you, Jason. Today I'm waiting for you. But there was one particular day that I knew that his threats were real. It's coming. Today's the day. Either I'm going to have to, uh, you know, blindly try to hit something or run really fast or look for an alternative way or home. I knew today was the day that something bad was going to happen. And as I'm walking home, there's several kids walking through the neighborhood that I look up like two or three blocks down and I see Trace on his bike with like three other guys. And you know how it is, just like the cartoons and the movies. There's the leader and then the other one's like in a triangle. And I remember thinking, oh no. In between me and Trace, there's a handful of kids and there was Mark. Mark was a fifth grader and he was the toughest kid in the neighborhood. We were third graders. I didn't know Mark. Mark didn't know me. I knew there was no connection I had with Mark other than Mark knew who my sister was. And so my friend, I had one friend that was also new. His name was Josh and Josh was a class clown. He was going to be no help to me in a fight. And so Josh said, hey, he knows your sister. That's Mark. I'm like, yeah, but Mark, what if, that's a big risk. What if Mark joins Trace? Then we're in trouble. He goes, no, let me just go ask him. So Trey, um, Josh runs up, grabs Mark, and Mark says, okay, yeah, I'm with you. That's good. Just hang with me. And so not only did we walk up together, me, Josh, littler than me, and then um, Mark, we walk up to the gang. Not only did we feel confident, Mark actually addressed them, sort of did this kind of number, and said some things that I'm not going to repeat here, and they were no longer a problem because they associated me with someone bigger. Mark was my ally. Loved it. Never really wanted to pester Mark. I didn't want to overreach in our friendship. I just was glad to walk home near Mark. Being in the presence of Mark was good. We have here in this text someone greater than Mark. The earth, everything in it, the world and its inhabitants. That means Mark. That means Trace. That means Jason. That means all third graders and teachers everywhere. They belong to God. So how question should be, do we find God as an ally? How can we be in the presence of him? For me, it took me allowing my friend to go ask Mark to be with us. What is it that we need to do and make sure we're remembering as we go through this season that we are in the presence of God? Verse 3, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? That's the question. How do you get Mark on your side? How do you get God on your side? Well, let's look at this together. See, to be an ally of the United States, you must meet some very important conditions. These treaties that countries sign to serve as agreements. Most all the nations in the world would want to be an ally with the United States of America. Most, not all of them, but most of them would. It means much for those smaller countries to know that we are on their side. They care much about keeping those treaties and those partnerships. So what is our treaty with God? What's our partnership with him? Verse 4 through 6. Who may stand in his holy place? Well, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. 
who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully. That's good news if you happen to be someone who has never violated that treaty. The one who's got clean hands and a pure heart. The one who has never touched anything dirty. The one who has never violated, stolen, touched, eaten anything that was considered unclean to them. The ones with a pure heart. Not only maybe you kept your hands clean, but you never even had a motive to do anything bad. Like there's never been a time in your life where your heart was wanting to choose and do the things that disagreed with God. The one who has clean hands, the one with a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false. That means you haven't chased after, you haven't gone after false things. God-like things that aren't really God. That means you haven't gone after a love for sports, a love for a woman, a love for somebody else to meet that need that only God can meet. And who has not sworn deceitfully, who has never lied, who has never given a false impression, who has never, because of pride, said something just to garner people to support them. Now here's the problem. As I read this, If I want to be an ally with God, if I want him on my side, if this is the condition, we're in trouble. There is no ally that can do this. Then we go on to verse 5. He will receive blessing from the Lord. And righteousness, this is important. He will receive blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the Lord. The God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. Listen. Who can align with God? Who can be on his team? Who can say that he is, God is his advocate, his defender, his helper? It's the one who has right standing. That's what the word righteousness is. Right standing before God. Therefore, it's vital to know how we have that or could have that or could get that. In verse 5, it talks about, uses these words. Look at them with me. He will receive, receive something. This is not something we earn, we work for. This is a receiving of a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. In here we see quite clearly that the psalmist, this is another one of those messianic, prophetic chapters that's pointing to Jesus. The only one who's by his merits, by his standing, and by who he is, could be in the presence of God the Father. We see here that the way to have this and receive this is in verse 6, such as in generation of those who go after him, who inquire of him, who seek the face of God. You want God to be your ally? Listen to this truth. For God so loved the world and its inhabitants and all that he created and all that he owns. He loves it. 
that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, whoever seeks his face, whoever inquires of him, whoever goes after him, whoever says, yes, I believe that God is able. I believe he is who he said he is. And Jesus is the only source for that. That's the seeking. That's the inquiring. Whoever believes in him and say, yes, I want him. I want his presence. I want him here. They will not perish but have eternal life. Because I own it all. And I'm giving my son. And all you got to do is seek him and you will receive his identity, his righteousness. It'll be like, Jason, when you're walking into the neighborhood and those boys, when they see you, they don't see you anymore. They see Mark. That's Mark and his group. It's the same thing. When we seek Jesus, we say, yes, we want you. We believe in you. It's the enemy, both the enemy that opposes God and God the Father himself. When they see you, they don't just see you in the stains and the imperfections. They see Jesus. Righteousness. Holiness. He's with me. This is good news for us. If we want to have any good news going into the school, remember, kids, that when you seek Jesus, when you go after him, when you seek to please him above everybody else, you're with him. And God plus one is a majority in any circumstance. This is hope for you teachers. This is hope for you parents. When you feel like everybody's caving in on you, remember, seek the Lord inquire of him, rest in who Jesus declared you to be and know that God has covered you all. You're walking with him. Something interesting happens here as we wrap up. In verses 1 and 2 and 3, we see the description of the creator, beginner, the holiness of God, this holy other, this author of life. He's supreme in his ownership of stuff. And then we see from verse 6 through 10 something else. Listen with me as I read it. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of God. You can have hope in this. So, verse 7, lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord. He's strong. He's mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. The king of glory will come in. Who is he? The king of glory? The Lord of armies. He is the king of glory. So there's a shift from the first three verses of holy, creator, beginning, of all things, to king, mighty, warrior, conqueror. And in between there is your link to being created by him, to being linked with him forever. And that link is the righteousness of Christ for those who seek and know the Lord. This is Psalm 24. This would be a good read for families this week who are facing nerves 
and scare or fear in some way or teachers or you going to your business. You have big decisions to make this week or big storms facing you. Literally, the earth and everything in it is, is his. The world and his inhabitants belong to him. So lift up your heads. You're allied with him, not because of what you've done, but what he's done for you. If you're here this morning and you do not know if you're linked with Christ, you do not know if you've, you're, you've agreed to the treaty correctly, let me just ask you, are you seeking God to be saved? Are you seeking, like you just heard the elder testimonies here, or you've come to the place where you realize, I need him. I want him. If that's you and you've never made that public, you've never talked to anybody about that, at the end of our time, at the, you can come talk to me. As we sing these next two or three songs, I want you to use that opportunity. Come talk with me up here or talk to somebody next to you and say, I want to know Jesus that way. For the rest of us who already know him, we are going to sing and we're going to launch into the school season celebrating the gospel. Okay, We're going to do it as a church body. We're going to end our time before our wonderful members meeting in a minute. And we're going to celebrate and sing the joyful truths of Psalm 24 together. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are real the plans of the enemy and every family that's represented here and every family in our community is to sort of dull us to the reality that you exist, that you matter, and that you're ready to serve us. Lord, I pray that every child, every student, every parent, every person in this room would lift up their heads, that they would give all of their striving all of their fears, all of their imperfections to you. And that they would trust and seek Jesus and that you would declare them righteous and that they would know that they know that they know you're with them forever. That they too have something to sing about forever. We love you. Thank you for this brief time. In your word, in Jesus' name, amen.